some spirits are are, uh, so weak that you don't much feel them. Others, you can feel their presence. You can feel the negative emotions. And then there are others that can move things and... Okay, guys, welcome to this uh, special Halloween edition of the Grab America show. Another little free bonus we gave all to you guys. You're welcome. Uh, and, of course, big <laughs> thanks to uh, one of our favorite listeners, Garrett Lee, for setting this up. Of course, Garrett Lee sent us the didgeridoos and met up with me in California. He's a regular of the chats. Uh, so, yeah, he set it up with Pastor Dave. It's a great chat. And, of course, as always, we got here non-locally. It's Dungeons and Dragons night. Uh, Graham, not the dungeon master, Dunlop. I've got some creepy stories. Yeah, did did your last minute fucking call out work? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got some. I was gonna just say I've got creepy Dungeons and Dragons stories, but I don't want to get all geeky on you here. Okay. Oh, you have uh, no! Don't don't tell us your Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> no, stories here, man. <laughs> so this was a, an amazing episode, though. Uh, David was very frank, and it was it was probably one of my favorites ever. You know, it was one of those real ones you don't realize you're going to end up having. We have these great conversations with these guys who have been doing like he was he's in, in spiritual warfare, man. It was pretty crazy. It's like, the, and did you realize that twenty years ago? To today, the actual day is when this happened. Right now, the day we're recording like, this intro. No, it's the day it's going to release, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's going to release yeah. today. Is it? Well, make sure it's after midnight. Go fuck yourself. Oh, we're actually, in the UK. Well, if we run on Giga, if we run on Greenwich Mean Time, then we're good. Which I think we did. We do. We're a global show. Should we? So should we? Should or if even if we go on UTC, we're good. So yeah, this was this was an amazing chat. I just wanted to say that, and thanks a lot to Garrett for setting it up. It was one of those ones, you know. It was late. You never heard of the guy. You figured it was going to be a quick one. We started this one pretty late, and then the next, you know, it's like almost one in the morning, and you don't want to stop. Yeah, exactly. About that. Actually, I think it was almost midnight. We started at ten, or we started at eleven. Ten, I think. Ten, yeah. And we went to almost midnight, and it was a great chat. Yeah, definitely in the top ten. Um, and of course. Next week, we go to like one in the morning. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Too old for this yep. podcasting yep. stuff. Uh, so support the show. Yep. America.ca slash support. Uh, that's what allows us to give you these nice little bonus apps. Yeah, we got a bunch of reviews lately, so that's nice. Oh, yeah. We'll save those for the next show, maybe. Read a couple yep. of them. Yeah, but reviewing the show helps a lot if you can't support financially. Yeah, so a bunch of people did that last week, actually. So thanks for that. Um, so that is, of course, is if you, if you, if you can check out America.ca slash support, there's a bunch of different options there. You can help us out financially, uh, from a buck to 30 bucks a month. Uh, if you could sign up for one of those, it's great. If you're getting a little value from the show and it's, uh, filling a void, then maybe you can fill a void in our checking account and, and send a little money back our way. Winter's coming. The bills are rolling in and, uh, yeah, it just helps out a lot. It really does. And it helps us grow. We are trying to set up the video thing and we like to do some other things, but. Yeah, no ads. And we never want to have ads or paywalls. Which brings us to the black budget support feed, which is the money you get, the content you get after you pay. 
We still put out ex- extra content here too, but we're just we're just, we just have another avenue that's now. Not a paywall, additional that's a reward system. More controversial, kind of like even more loose cannon style than than this. Yeah, and that's it's more of a reward system for the people that have chosen to support the show because you don't have to do it at any set level. You can sign up for a buck a month, or you can sign up for thirty bucks a month, and uh, you know you'll I'll give you access to the feed. I even had one guy didn't have any money, so he went and reviewed the show, sent me a screenshot, and I gave him access. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, we can work something out. If you can't afford it, if you can't afford the buck a month, I get it. Put in there. Um, let me know, and we can uh, work something out. We can review the show or something. or Yep. Sign five people send, up for the newsletter or some shit. Send us, in, uh, send us in stories, synchronicities, trip reports, sightings, all that kind of stuff to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com. Joe Brick, I literally mailed your thing <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back out of my, uh, from the studio into my work truck, into my construction vest because I was walking what I passed what I thought was a mailbox. And it wasn't a mailbox. So luckily, it managed to make it back out of my vest. Oh my God, it really, it, I can't believe a piece of an envelope made it all that way. Joe Brooke, you're losing it. Joe Brook Joe Brick has a bunch of like, <laughs> like on the spot prim, or, uh, work accounting on it too. Cause I was trying to like, he's like, well, what do you, someone had asked me what I thought the field price would be or a rough number on what for this, for so many hours of welding. So I was like scribbling it out on the back of the thing I noticed as I was handing it to the lady today. Like and so. he thought he emailed and said, Oh, thanks that it, thanks that it was mailed. And I was cringing. <laughs> so I thought it might not even be mailed yet. Well, it's mailed today. And I'm going to send Felix's out today too. And All now right, I know exactly go. what it costs to send. So, so I did get, uh, get somebody, uh, in the chats there sent me a scary, uh, a little scary story for Halloween. It's very Who's short. Bill. I don't think it's, is it, oh, it might be Bill the Shell. Bill the Shell? Yeah, maybe. Bill, Bill the Bitcoin Shell. You ready for this? Do you have any creepy music or anything like that? Do you have your jingle board? I'm trying to see what I have, got. Because we do have a UFO quote lined up as well. I'm trying to think of what I got for a scary jingle. Hey, this one, uh, this one might work. And now, another adventure in coffee and a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> that is that does sound kind of scary. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't play the whole thing. Not even, okay, the, that's good, not that's even good. the part where you go where you run at the end. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's okay. good. That is another way to get <laughs> access okay. to the support feed is make a jingle. Oh, it's over. Oh, thank God. It's over. Well, all right then. What is this? What is this I feel inside of me? All this, all this power. All this invigorating energy. Let's hear it. All right, there we go. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, turn that down. I, I can't, I can't. Oh, it is down on. on the mixer, okay? Moved into our current house eight years ago. I was in the basement the first day looking at where the electrical boxes were. Electricity was off because we were replacing the fuse box, 1942 house. Very clearly, I heard a female voice at the top of the steps say, Are you there? 
not my wife's voice, thought it might be the real estate lady, walked over towards the basement stairs and was going to yell up, but again heard, are you there? Looked over the whole house, no one anywhere. That's it? That's it. That's it. That's it, eh? Nice, eh? Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. I got another one here. Okay. This is called The Bride. Oh, I don't even want to read that. I'm not going to read the title of it because it kind of gives it away. Back in 1976. more than six seconds? Yeah. Okay. A young couple, both 18, decided to get married right after high school. The father of the bride lived in Palm Beach in a mansion and was able to afford a big wedding for them. To make a long story short, they got married and the wedding was beautiful. After the wedding, they had a big reception in an old building and everybody got pretty drunk. When there were only about 20 people left, the groom decided that they would play hide and seek. Everyone agreed and the groom was it. They all went and hid and the game went on. After about 20 minutes, everybody had been found except the bride. Everyone looked, everyone looked everywhere and tore the whole place apart looking after her. Looking after her? Looking for her. <laughs> that might be the way like a newfie would say that or something. After a few hours, the groom was furious, thinking the bride was playing a terrible trick. She Eventually, dead. everybody went home. A few weeks later, the groom, having placed a missing persons report, gave up looking for her. Heartbroken, he tried to go on with his life. Three years later, a little old woman was cleaning the place up. She happened to be in the attic and saw an old trunk. She dusted it off and, out of curiosity, opened it. She screamed at the top of her lungs, ran out of the building, and called the police. Apparently, the bride had decided to hide in the trunk for the game of hide-and-seek. When she sat down, the lid fell, knocking her unconscious and locking her inside. She suffocated after a day or so. When the woman found her, she was rotting, her mouth in the shape of a scream. You never heard her? No. The they bride stopped trunk. looking? This looked for a couple hours. You're like, fuck it. She must have ran off. Like the worst friends ever. <laughs> they didn't check the attic. Maybe it was a pretty thick trunk, like a soundproof trunk, you know? This is ridiculous. Who sent that? That was, uh, I found that online. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> this, is what, this is what happens when you get no response out of the chats. Like when I finally show up in the chats. You, and I'm like, this is what happens when you give it like nine hours of lead time. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not, we don't have enough listeners for nine hours. Maybe true. like three days. Yeah. yeah. yeah true. That. I should have given more heads up. So what else do you got? I got a good UFO quote. That's what I'll stick with that one. Okay. Which jingle should we play this time? Going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. The bulk of the object was plainly visible at this time and appeared to be triangular shaped with a bright blue purple light on the left and a smaller, less blue, less bright, bright light on the right end. The 
bulk of the object appeared to be dark gray in color with no other distinguishing features. It appeared to be about 200 feet wide and about 40 to 50 feet thick in the middle, tapering off toward both ends. There was no noise or any trail. The bright purple light illuminated the ground directly underneath it and the area in front of it, including the highway and the interior of our patrol car. After having... After arriving at approximately its original position, it went straight up in the air and disappeared at a 25 to 30 degrees above the horizon. And that was Deputy Sheriff Bob Good Damon, Texas, United States, September 3rd, 1965. And the object was also witnessed by Chief Deputy Billy McCoy. Billy. Yeah. Chief Deputy Billy McCoy. What year? 65? Yeah. Hmm. Wonder what those boys are up to now. You going trick or treating tomorrow? Are you going to hand out candy? Yeah, I think I should have some candy here just in case. In case any of the kids make it up to the third floor. Yeah. Maybe you should just give an extra bowl of candy to the people down on the first floor. Yeah, I know. I should. Maybe that's a good idea. Just tell them. Just say, don't tell the kids not to come upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> just shut your light off. <laughs> <laughs> we did get, I mean, that's what the house looks like at night. There's some pretty creepy spiders on it. Oh, there's some, you guys, you got a real enthusiast in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was never a Halloween enthusiast. I'll go to the, I used to be like a Halloween drunk, sure, but not a like decorate the house type cat. Yeah, I know. It's getting a bit too much. Consumerism yeah. at its finest. You should see all the stuff they're selling out there now. We get no kids, man. Now all we do is I, I'll buy one bag of candy, like a five dollar bag, maybe a ten dollar bag, and I'll a dime dump bag, it, and I'll dump it in the bowl, and I'll just leave it out on the deck, and usually no one comes because really? we have well, terrible position. In the roads, these on the kids roads and have stuff. it all figured out to get maximized. These kids aren't stupid, you know. Like they don't these, if go anything, these kids that. are smarter than they were when I was a kid, and I wasn't stupid. Yeah, I didn't waste my time on one-sided streets unless it was the tail end of the, you know, unless I didn't have a way around it, and <laughs> and especially not like I'm a one-sided street that just leads into like the beach yeah, and then yeah. the intersection, then nothing, and like the yeah. business section. So that you're like. Giving up a mile, a mile or a kilometer of no fucking candy. Well, we used to, to hit house. the apartments and go, I mean, that was maximizing it. You could yeah. go in, knocking all the doors in the apartment complex. That was We didn't good. have any apartments in my hometown. Me and my cousin could almost, uh, almost get the whole town. <laughs> uh, and now we, we had to cut it up so we'd have to leave early. But then back then the time changed before Halloween. So we'd be out by like five o'clock or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we make it so we went past my grandma's house halfway. <laughs> and then we drop off a full pillowcase. No. And then go <laughs> again. The switcheroo <laughs> yeah. and then start with an empty bag. And start fresh and boom. And end up with two pillow bags full of candy. Yeah. Uh, my sister used to just hoard hers for so long. It drove me nuts because mine would be all eaten. And I'd always try and beg some off of her. Wine wasn't never gone right away, but it never lasted more than it never lasted as long as you thought it was going to last. Just pick through all the good stuff and then you end up with all those like creepy orange tootsie, candies in the end. Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls are the last to I go. I fucking hate Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Don't give Tootsie Rolls, you sons of bitches. Anyway, what else you got? 
That's about it, buddy. I got like four more yeah, minutes to kill here. Just thought we'd do a short, uh, short intro. It's a bonus. So it's we a don't bonus have to. Anyways, so we can half-ass it. <laughs> you give me the wrap it up. So maybe I'll play another jingle. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. <laughs> had a clan camping, pitched a tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear, darkest night. So I did that meditation the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> we started seeing flash bulbs. <laughs> Streakers coming down. The Grimdom Quests are really starting that's to come embar- in for the... It's embarrassing every time I hear that. People, <laughs> that still makes me laugh. People are hounding me to make a, a blubbity blah fucking MP3 tone now because people want that as their uh, oh, text tone. tone. Really? I think it's more of a text tone. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be good blah, text blah. tone, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, send me a copy then. Okay. Bingo, bango. Yeah. Okay, that's all you guys get. Crown's got Dungeons and Dragons, so it's a bonus app. Happy Halloween. Boo, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> be safe. Don't give out Tootsie Rolls. And enjoy the chat. A chat, uh, an unknown chat that plummeted into the, not plummeted. What's the opposite of plummeted? Skyrocketed? Skyrocketed into the all-time favorite list. Yeah. We've got a special one tonight. We've got Garrett Lee helping us out, one of our friends of the show. And uh, we've got on the line, pastor and cowboy Dave Bryan. <laughs> and he's the author of The Spirit and the, the Serpent and the Savior, which is a true story of occult-level spiritual warfare. Now, this will be interesting. We've talked about spiritual warfare a little bit on a greater context here on the show, but it'll be good to dig into a couple like real-life examples here. We can get down to the nitty gritty, kind yeah. of like down to the battlefield. Yeah, exactly. So thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for helping us out, Garrett. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us, guys. It's awesome. Welcome to the show, Dave. And welcome well, to the show, you. Garrett. Actually, Garrett, some people might remember Garrett from the four-year special. Um, but yeah, we should, I suppose, before we, we go too far, maybe um if you could uh i i'm assuming most of our listeners probably haven't heard of the book so maybe if you could just sort of give us a, a quick synopsis of, of the book without giving away too much 
Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, going back uh, about 15, 16 years ago, seems like uh, we had an experience with uh, with some pretty high up occult practitioners. I grew up on a ranch in Idaho, and I, I didn't even know this kind of stuff existed. But uh, being a pastor, we just reached out to broken people of all kinds. So anyway, uh, one of the ladies that we reached out to, we didn't really realize what her roots were. Mm. And we moved her into our house just to help her. And it was after we moved her in that uh, really bizarre things started happening. Of course, there's lots of those stories in the Bible, and so I had read stories about uh, Jesus casting demons out of people and, and uh, his disciples doing the same. And mm-hmm. for that matter, I knew the the Bible uh, commissioned Christians to do the same, uh, cast out demons, pray for the sick. I'd just never done it. So when it started happening in the house, it really uh, was a, a game changer for me. But anyway, through that, we found out that she was uh, one of the daughters of Anton LaVey, who was the founder of the Church of Satan and wrote the Satanic Bible and and uh, uh, founded the Black Victorian uh, Church of Satan down in San Francisco in 1966. And here we had this gal living in our house and... Um, all hell broke loose, literally. So anyway, uh, the book just records that after we we had her in our house for about ten and a half months, and and she eventually changed her name, took our family name, uh, calls herself Deborah Joy Bryan now for a legal name, and we still love her and are in touch with her. But uh, that process of helping her deal with the spiritual warfare, occult level spiritual warfare, and get free uh, of demonic power, that launched us into a realm that we'd never been in. And in the time since then, that that really came to a crux, uh, Halloween Eve of 1997. And since then, uh, I've I spent a lot of time teaching on spiritual warfare and what we call deliverance, which is how to get free from the powers of curses and of demonic um, entrenchment. So anyway, as I begin to travel and, and teach about that, everybody asks about the story. And so years later, I wrote that book, The Serpent and the Savior, just really as a response to people who wanted to know more about the details of the story. So that's a little about the book. It's, it's about us taking in Ray Ray LeVay, uh, she's gone by many names, but that was her coven name. Uh, her her legal name now is Deborah Joy Bryan, and uh, we helped her uh, come out of of uh, the Church of Satan. And she had been through six of the seven rituals of defilement. I don't know if you're familiar with Aleister Crowley or the rituals of defilement, but we are a little Aleister- bit. But yeah, if you could give us a quick update. Okay. Aleister Crowley uh, wrote the Luciferian Book of the Law. It's it's a famous occult tome. And um, he was a Brit that felt like that his purpose in life was 
to pave the way for the uh, the lawless one or the man of sin, uh, what the Christian Bible refers to as the Antichrist. And uh, so he coined the term that, that uh, we use a lot now, the New Age, but he called it the New Luciferian Age. And his concept was it w- that there would be a New Age that was free from any of the uh, morality, uh, the underpinnings of morality that came through uh, Christian teachings. And so he called it the New Luciferian Age. And his goal was to pave the way for the coming of of uh, this evil leader. And I don't know how much your listeners know about the Antichrist, but the idea of anti is not just against Christ, but in place of Christ. And so the, the uh, Antichrist of Scripture is... Uh, the offspring of Lucifer and a woman, uh, just like Jesus Christ was the offspring of Mary. It was God in the flesh, and the Antichrist is is um, prophesied to be Satan in the flesh. And so anyway, uh, Aleister Crowley thought his job was to do everything to uh, pave the way for the Antichrist. So he came up with with demonic help. Uh, he came up with um, these rituals of defilement, and they were to be uh, they were to be uh, a woman was to go through one of these seven uh, rituals every year for seven consecutive years on Halloween uh, morning. And after seven years, she was considered to be defiled completely. That's why they're called the rituals of defilement. And the idea is after uh, a human was uh, defiled sufficiently, she would, in a sense, uh, earn the right to, um, to be the mother of the Antichrist. So anyway, I know that's funky stuff, but that's what the rituals of defilement are about. And uh, Ray Ray had been through six out of those seven, and she didn't want to go through with the seventh, which is uh, called the Bride of Satan ceremony. And so she came to us for help uh, after completing six of those seven rituals, and she moved into our home in midsummer of 1997, and she was scheduled to be the Bride of Satan uh, on Halloween night, or, you know, it's it's actually the first three hours of, of the 31st, which is, we would kind of think of it as Halloween Eve, but from midnight to 3 a.m. on the 31st is uh, the witching hour where they do the rituals of defilement. So she was lined up to do that and didn't, uh, didn't want to go through with it. We moved her into our house because the motto of the church is to find a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it. And so we just knew she was a a broken woman that had a lot of problems. And we felt like we should move her in and try to help her out, which my wife and I have done our whole lives. We're we're always have somebody living on the couch or, you know, always have our spare bedrooms full. So that's how we got into this whole thing. And then, of course, we we began to face things that were uh, extremely, uh, they were supernatural, they were very evil, and they went beyond anything that I had ever even imagined. 
So the learning curve was pretty steep. And uh, uh, we just found ourselves in the deep end trying to, uh, you know, connect the dots between some of the Bible verses that tell us to cast out demons in Jesus' name and some of the things that were happening in our front room, which uh, were really, really bizarre. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's scary. I mean, I re- we really appreciate your honesty and coming on to talk about this. Um, you know, they, I've been we we talk about this kind of thing a little bit on the show, and and I've been interested in it as far as like as far as like um, affecting my belief system in 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 uh, in good and evil or in um, and I'm not talking about really necessarily in a religious way, but. Or, or, or I don't know how to explain it, but I've read the book, like the right on possessions and it was quite uh-huh. a, quite an eye opener. So I've looked into it a bit and read, read on it a bit. And it's one thing I always keep in mind when I'm, when I'm doubting that there's powers greater than what we, what we know about is that I believe that a lot of these stories are true and there's something, there's something going on. So <clears throat> I think it's really important to talk about it. And, you know, especially nowadays when I feel like there's spiritual warfare going on at, at the high levels in our in our society, it's good to get some people like yourself to talk about specific examples. Yeah. Yeah. And and you did sort of have, if I remember correctly, you kind of had the chance to, to maybe get to see this coming a little bit better, but you didn't quite see the signs. (laughs) Sounds like you read the book. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, Uh, that's true. And that was supernatural also. But uh, if you're familiar with uh, prophecy, the concept of prophecy, uh, I'm privileged to know some guys that that operate that way. And uh, they have foreknowledge of things to come. And one of them uh, is an old fellow that's been a missionary all over the world, but mainly in South America. And so, yeah, eight years before this happened, uh, he gave me... Uh, he gave me another book, and um, it was called He Came to Set the Captives Free. And it was about uh, a lady that had been freed from the rituals of defilement. And again, I, I grew up on a ranch in Idaho, and, you know, we, we didn't, uh, I didn't know diddly squat about any of this satanic stuff. I, I couldn't imagine anyone actually wanting to worship the devil, you know. But anyway, uh, so I was oblivious to the whole thing. And this guy said, you need to read this book because you're going to be face to face with the devil. And this will help you know what to do. Well, my mindset at the time, I was just a good old boy, you know, and uh, I didn't even know how to spell Halloween. So. I looked at that book and, and it was just too weird for me. Now I'm somewhat of a, an expert on weirdology, but back (laughs) in the day, it was just too weird for me. So I, I put it on the shelf and ignored it for eight years. (laughs) And then the same guy, he called me from Chile and he said, I know you haven't read the book because God showed me that. But he said, I'm, I'm flying to Yuba City because um, you're, you're about to be face-to-face with the devil and you're not ready for it. So anyway, he flew back to Yuba City and uh, it, it, he uh, reproved me. He said, I, eight years ago, I warned you that this was about to happen. And instead of preparing for it, you just ignored it. 
So uh, now you've got about a week. And sure enough, week later, uh, Ray Ray LeVay walked into the church and and it was on. I wasn't ready for it, but it was on. <laughs> wow. Garrett, Garrett, should we get into get him to get into some of the details of that a little bit or oh. yeah. Is it okay if I go over some yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, Take yeah, it explanatory away. stuff? Awesome. Um so Dave, uh, you mentioned in the book uh, dark spirits, human and demonic. Now oh I'm guessing because that was new to me. Um can you explain the difference between an evil human spirit and evil demonic spirit and how that correlated yeah. in this story? Yeah. Well, one of the things that people commonly um, are confused about is the variety that's out there in the spirit realm. Hmm. And uh, it's really when you when you get over that hump, it makes sense because in this realm, in the natural realm, uh, scientists say there's somewhere between 10 and 50 million different species of of living things right. in the natural realm, you know. And then, but we tend to think in the spirit realm, there's only just a few varieties, you know. Right. <laughs> but, That's true, yeah. Yeah, but the spirit realm is, uh, it, it predates time, the time-space continuum. It's the eternal realm. Right. So there's all kind of things out there. And that's why people have so many different kinds of encounters with, with different spiritual beings. And really, when you talk about spirit beings, uh, the, the, um, the scientific concept is an interdimensional entity. Right. It, it can come into our dimension, but it also can leave our dimension and, so they supersede us right. in that. We right. can't follow them. They, they, we can't break into their dimension much, but they can break into ours. So mm. there's all kinds of interdimensional entities. And, uh, you know, the whole area of, of aliens, and of course, if you, you can go back to any culture in the world, and they have uh, quite a rich heritage of experiences with these interdimensional entities. So yeah, yeah. the two you – go ahead – no, no, that's good. That's uh, okay. it's, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so the two that you asked about were human spirits and demon spirits. And demon spirits are spirits of the unrighteous dead that are left uh, in our dimension to harass and bother people, trouble people. In the Bible, uh, uh, and and. and in Ephesian magic, which was uh, Ephesus was the seat of magic uh, in the days of Christ. But anyway, they're categorized as snake and scorpion spirits. And you might be familiar with the verse where Jesus promises his disciples that he's given them power over the snakes and the scorpions. And th those are two uh, categories of demon spirits. Right. Remember, demon spirits are the disembodied spirits of of the unrighteous. So it was they were people at one point. They, they were, were human people, beings. They were people at, at one point in what's called the antediluvian age, the the age before the flood. The uh, the the world became so evil that God destroyed right. the the population of the earth, and the spirits of those evil ones uh, are demon spirits. Now, uh, Anton uh, was a master of astral projection. 
Right. And, and this so, is this is Anton LaVey? Is that who you're Anton talking about? Anton LaVey, yeah. Okay. Anton LaVey, yeah. They got to be on a first name basis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were not buds, I can assure you that. But uh, Anton uh, and uh, the fellow that was the uh, the sergeant at arms in the Church of Satan at the time, whose name is Michael Aquino, I don't know if that rings a bell with either of you guys, but Anyway, uh, Anton LaVey and Michael Aquino both had highest clearance in the Pentagon because of their ability to, to astral project. Wow. And so they, they pioneered uh, the, the whole area of remote viewing. Really? And remote viewing uh, was considered, you know, in the, uh, in the 60s and 70s, the premier spying uh, technique because they could leave their bodies. They they could travel on the astral plane, which means they're invisible, right? And they're not able to be harmed by any conventional means. You you can't you can't choke them. You can't shoot them. You can't stab them. You can't lock them in a cell. Right. The, the only thing that you can do uh, against somebody that's on the astral plane is go onto the astral plane after them in the same manner and now you're both in the same realm and so warlocks can do that and right. and uh anybody with spiritual power you don't it doesn't have to be the power of the devil though. right 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 anyway so would this have been at the same time as like ingo swan and russell targ and that whole crew project stargate i don't know too much uh about that project and and what they were up to but uh, there was a whole lot that the Department of Defense was doing in those days uh, that that was a combination of uh, the natural plane and and the uh, the spiritual plane or the astral plane. And so, of course, we probably some of us seen the movie Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, Five that, times. that was actually a spoof of the remote viewing program. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but the remote viewing program is no joke, and that's why that's why Michael Aquino, even though he was um, he he was identified by thirty one children at the Presidio daycare child molest that happened in the Bay Area, uh, the Department of Defense let him walk because of his ties to the remote viewing program. But right. th- that was a satanic ritual abuse case that. Uh, we wound up trying to clean up some of that with women in the church whose kids were molested. But anyway, um, there's a lot of rabbit trails off this. But uh, So we're talking about uh, e- evil spirits of different kinds. And, right. and human spirits uh, can trouble people. It's exactly like uh, demonic oppression or, or possession or whatever term you'd use. But the difference is a human spirit has a body to go back to, right? And they're still alive, technically alive. Right. They're just they're just out doing things on the astral plane, which is, of course, the um, the, the real uh, craft of zombieism. That's what it is, right? Trinidadian Trinidad, Trinidadian zombieism is is warlocks who. Uh, leave their body, they go onto the astral plane, they do all kinds of heinous crimes, right. and then they uh, go back into their body, and of course it's an untraceable crime. Right. So anyway, um, 
so there, there's we dealt with both. We dealt with Anton LaVey astral projecting into uh, Ray Ray and uh, trying to kill us, trying to shoot us, right. stab us, um, all kinds of things. And then, of course, we dealt with uh, the demon spirits, which are spirits, uh, disembodied spirits of the unrighteous dead. And, of course, there are all, all kind of other spirits. But Yeah, anyway. one more quick little yeah. clear. So what is, a, what is a fallen angel? What are they considered? Fallen angel is a whole different league. Is that a principality or is that what they I – mean? uh, a, a principality would work uh, with or under fallen angel or might be one. Okay. Uh, principality is, is simply the, the strongest power in a region. Okay. So if you run into a fallen angel, yeah. spiritual warfare, you're, you kind of yeah. need some help. Oh, yeah. You yeah, that's a, whole, or... yeah, that's a whole different league. It's right. Uh, fallen angels. Actually, the gods of the nations uh, that uh, the Bible talks about in uh, Psalm 82, Deuteronomy 32, there's, there's 70 of them. Right. Uh, those are fallen angels. And so those would be like the major deities that rule over nations, um, like Shiva, right. um, those, those kind of uh, principalities. But those, uh, some of the fallen angels rule nations and would have lots of principalities under them. Right, right. And there's all different levels. But fallen angels, one of the real distinctive uh, characteristics is that fallen angels have celestial bodies. They do not need to borrow a human body. Right, right. Where demons are disembodied and they feel uncomfortable outside bodies because they can't really interact with this physical realm right. except finding expression through a human body. Now, could somebody, while they're astral projecting, say, say Anton popped up here. Could he actually choke you without a body, or could he like injure you without somebody else to to possess and and utilize? Uh, yeah. Have you seen the movie Ghost? Uh, yes. Okay. So, depending on on their power, right? They can actually uh, affect things in the terrestrial plane. That's where we get poltergeist. Right. Poltergeist the, uh, is just a German word that means a noisy ghost or a, a ghost that has enough power to move things uh, or uh, to affect things in the natural realm. Lots of spirits can't. And there, there are many, many kind of spirits. And, and uh, the degree of power, some of them are just kind of nuisances and nobody much knows they're around, but they're up to mischief. Uh, more powerful spirits, humans, particularly sensitive humans, can actually feel. Yeah. And uh, everyone in this conversation, probably everyone listening, has felt bad feeling. And you, you know you're not making it up. You know, right. like, I, I feel, like, for instance, one of the most common spirits that impact people are spirits of fear. And you know they're present because you you have inordinate fears, like there's no reason for me to be right. afraid. I just feel the presence. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, and so, uh, like, if you go to Cambodia, uh, Cambodia, the, the prince over Cambodia um, is Naga. It's a, a, a power uh, spirit that is violent. Right. And, um, you know, I'm a peace-loving guy, right? But... Uh, my first trip to Cambodia, I just woke up. I felt like I wanted to bust somebody's head, you know. Right. 
and I was in Sihanoukville. I went over to do a conference. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought, this is completely irrational. I woke up angry. Right. No reason to be angry. Uh, but anyway, it, it was I was feeling presence, the presence of, of those kind of spirits, because, the, of course, the killing fields of Cambodia, they, they axe murdered three million people with right. axes, you know. Right. A lot of violence over there. But my point is, you... you you, some spirits are are, are uh, so weak that you don't much feel them. Others, you can feel their presence. Right. You can feel their the negative emotions. Uh, and then there are others that can move things, and and uh, and it gets more and more powerful. Uh, right. There are spirits. You know, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but. Uh, there are spirits of incubus and succubus that, oh. that rape people. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that specifically. Yeah. I want to, yeah, that was something I really wanted to talk to you about specifically. So, Garrett, Garrett can I get into that now before I forget? Or absolutely, yeah, it's your so, show, man. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't want to. You know, I want you to <clears throat> to get everything you okay. need to get another too. But I've, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the show because I've got friends and loved ones that have issues with incubus and succubus and i wanted to ask yeah. you dave if um you know if you've come across this and and if so how do you deal with this is it different than other sort of uh i don't want to use exorcisms as a blanket term or anything like that but but what what do you do is there is there advice you can give to people that have this problem because i feel like it's um a little more common than than your normal uh, de- demonic spirits, or or maybe maybe it's maybe it's the same thing. I'm not sure, but could you really dig into that a little bit to help people out that have had those uh, those issues? Yeah, I, I can. Uh, of course, any any dictionary will have uh, incubus and succubus in there w- with a definition, and that's because it's been so common in human history yeah. from all nations uh, in the world. You can go back to Sumeria and, and their stories of incubus and succubus spirits, and of course, lots of other spirits as well. But um, the, the here's the operative factor that uh, anybody that's dealing with harassment from any kind of an evil spirit, a demon spirit uh, of any variety, or uh, witches or warlocks or whatever, um, the key is from the writings of Solomon. And, of course, most grimoires uh, anywhere in the world go back to Solomon's dabbling with the occult. He, he was an occult adept. And so most rituals, most curses and incantations come out of uh, one of two ancient books. Uh, and the first is called The Greater Keys of Solomon, just simply because it's a larger book. And the second is The Lesser Keys of Solomon. But anyway, all that's from the writing of Solomon, who is the king of Israel following David. And he was very wealthy and very wise. He had leg- legendary wisdom. And um, he he dabbled in sorcery, and he became right. very, very adept at it. And so uh, our whole concept of a genie, everybody's heard of a genie. Yeah. It's a powerful spirit that is enslaved to man. And uh, that it's always bound to mankind uh, in some involuntable way. In other words, the genie would have the power to, to destroy you, right? But it can't because it's your slave. So we all grew up 
you know, with these cartoons, uh, you rub the bottle and uh, uncork it. The genie comes out and says, your wish is my command. And then you can make it do supernatural things for you. And then you stuff it back in the bottle, put the lid on. Right. Right. So anyway, uh, but, um, that, that's where, uh, our word genie comes from the, the root that you get the jinn from the spirits of the jinn. And Solomon was the one who figured out how to control powerful spirits and and enslave them uh, by rituals and make them work for him. So anyway, so uh, my point is that that most uh, witchcraft, sorcery, incantations in the world uh, go back to Solomonic roots and the things that he learned uh, so many years ago. And one of the keys of Solomon is found actually in the Bible. It's in Ecclesiastes. And um, it it simply says this. It says, um, wherever the Gadar, it's a Hebrew word that means a hedge of protection, but it it says wherever the Gadar has been breached, the serpent has access. And then he, he just goes on to talk about other things like astral projection and, you know, all kind of weird stuff Silver in, in Ecclesiastes. Yeah. But, but here's the key. Uh, why do demons – let's take an incubus spirit. Why, why would an incubus spirit have the right to rape one person and, and not go next door and rape the next person? Some kind of open door? It, it, it's the Gadar. That's right. the key. And so – uh, wherever the Gadar is breached, uh, the, the serpent has access. So uh, when, for instance, I, I travel around the world, guys, and, and help people, and, and uh, there's many, many kinds of, of spirits and curses, and and I spend a lot of time doing this. But the, the question I always ask them is, when did this start? What was your first memory of it? Uh, what were you involved with or what kind of crisis uh, precipitated mm-hmm. this event? And uh, and generally, they, they will know. They right. may not know the exact details, but they'll say, well, I was, you know, involved in, in – we were messing with the Ouija board. A lot of people have no idea how powerful Ouija boards can be. Right. But, well, what about, anyway, what about it, childhood abuse and stuff with that? With childhood that? abuse is huge. Yeah, yeah. Childhood abuse is huge, uh, and and so uh, what happens is there's a breach, and it is caused by complicit uh, sin, which is agreement with evil. These spirits are evil, and and if you agree with them, it, it gives them power over you. So but, it could be it could be like an unconscious agreement or or an agreement from from when you were abused or something like that like when you're in well, a state where you weren't really sure you were agreeing with it or yeah yeah it, in uh, in deep trauma which happens in childhood abuse yeah. uh, th- there's uh, the perpetrator has power to overwhelm the will of the child and cause the breach themselves uh that's not to say at all that the children are guilty of anything that they simply were taken advantage of children are supposed to be protected by parents because they're not uh, old enough and wise enough to protect themselves so in that case that's what the bible calls a generational sin or a generational curse 
and and the child uh, is not at fault, but they are the victim. And I always tell people, um, j- just because it wasn't your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility or your problem. It could have been an, an uncle's fault or an older brother or something, but it, but still, uh, it's your problem because it happened to you. And and things are broken in the soul. The the gadar. Remember, gadar is a Hebrew word that that means to set in safety or to keep protected. And when that is broken, and again in children, uh, the parents uh, and the adults in their lives are supposed to protect them. Yeah. But but when that is breached, uh, they're overwhelmed, and uh, that can be the entry point. But but in any event, uh, you know, for me, I I have come to be a, a much more compassionate person because I've dealt with so many people who were. Uh, violated as kids, terrible things happen to them, and it's not their fault. It's but it is their problem, and uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So your question: If somebody, like for instance, uh, uh, somebody came and and I said, you know, if if uh, you could solve one problem here today, what would it be? And they said, well, you know, I'm. I'm usually it takes a little massaging to get them to that point. But at some point, they, they'll say, I have bad dreams. And I'll say, you ever uh, feel like you're being uh, molested in your sleep? Yeah. 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 You know, and uh, eventually uh, we get to the point that there's probably a succubus spirit yeah. and it's a little more than a dream, isn't it? And, and, but anyway... When we get there, then the whole idea is to go back and find out where was the Gadar breach? Where were you supposed to be kept safe in childhood? It would have been somebody that had that responsibility in your life that was negligent. Right. And then, as as an adult, when we you know uh, become the when we come to the age of accountability as teenagers, we can do stupid things on our own. There are gateway drugs. Everybody's heard of them, but there are drugs that specifically open you to the spirit realm. And uh, the, the problem is uh, that there's no guarantee that because you use a Ouija board, something bad will happen, or because you take a certain drug, something bad will happen. But the point is that you open yourself to the possibility of that. And um, and so lots of people can trace it back to a seance or, or a ritual that they did. Uh, uh, you know, the, the some a lot of times just childhood silliness, you know, Bloody Mary and look into the mirror and all that kind of stuff. But usually they can trace it back to something where they were flirting around with the spirit realm. And uh, and there was a breach, and then they've been troubled since. So. Well, for for this anyway. example, for this example, let's let's use like childhood abuse for for that. Like, let's say it's a you know sexual abuse from a from a sibling or a parent or something like that. How would they go about fixing the breach from something like that? Well, uh, first acknowledge it, and uh, and. Usually what's associated with that is guilt. Now, again, it's not that they should feel guilty. They were taken advantage of. But most of those people, uh, most of those kids feel like there's something inherently wrong with them or that wouldn't have happened to them. And so we deal with those kind of evil emotions, uh, fear and guilt and anything that's negative. 
that would have uh, established a, a, a real influence in their hearts, uh, in their souls, you know, their mind, their thinking at an early age. And we renounce those things. And, um, and uh, if there's anything to be repented of, which means turned away from, right? Because a lot of times there, there are self-defeating behaviors that come out of those negative emotions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we, I, I always say deliverance is spelled with three R's. And and uh, you renounce and repent and and then rebuke the spirit. Another way of saying it is uh, you, you take out the garbage and the rats will leave. But uh, evil spirits feed on evil emotions and evil memories, mm-hmm. and that empowers them. And so uh, you, the, when you're trying to help somebody, you, you deal with those things and. It may be saying it wasn't your fault. You were uh, you were a, a eight year old girl. It wasn't your fault. It was your uncle's fault, and and so uh, we're going to renounce guilt. It is not your fault, and you don't have to carry that guilt. And then, you know, uh, you know, a lot of situations. Um, uh, th- there's significant unpacking to do to try to get them in a healthy frame of mind, but. Uh, the these evil spirits, they take advantage of the brokenness of the human soul. And so that's what you're looking for is how did your soul get broken? How can we move you back towards healing? And then at some point, there's actually a confrontation of a being, a real being, a sentient being that thinks and, and can actually speak through them and, and sometimes can do all kind of things, incubus and succubus spirits can rape them. Uh, there, there are spirits that, again, bite people, claw people, all kinds of things can happen. But my point is, a- after you uh, uh, try to identify the Gadar and deal with the, the brokenness of the human soul surrounding it, uh, at, then th- this is all building a foundation uh, for... Uh, the right of exorcism. You said you read the book, right? The, yeah. the right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, that that's um, the right of exorcism. Exorcism actually means to throw out. And uh, that that's the whole idea. It's like it. Uh, it's like evicting an intruder that is broken into a house. It doesn't have a right to be there. And so you come with authority and say, hey, pal, pack your stuff. You're out of here. Never come back. And, and that is uh, what Jesus, of course, told his disciples to do. He said, go everywhere. When you find people bothered by evil spirits, cast them out, force them to leave the people alone. Sadly, in America, in the church in America, uh, it's gone from Jesus uh, commissioning every follower of his to do it to a few people uh, here and there that get it, and and the average Christian doesn't know diddly squat. Which I was a pastor, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, now of course, uh, having been through what I've gone through, I spend usually uh, about ten weeks of the year traveling and teaching people about it. And of course, always doing doing a lot of it, just trying to help people get free. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so even though it doesn't seem like your typical possession type thing, it, an exorcism might be needed in the end after, even after acknowledging the, the Gadar and all that kind of stuff and bringing, yeah. bringing awareness to it, it may end up manifesting in that type of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of times. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that the person's possessed. They could just be influenced as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't even use the term possession. I'll tell you why. Uh, we're made in the image and likeness of God. And and with evil spirits, they don't have the right to own anybody. They just mess with people. So in, in the illustration I was using of it being like evicting someone that's intruding, they don't have a right to that house. They've, right. they've broken in. They found a window open. They've kicked in a door. They don't have a right to be there. Right. And so it's not a possession thing. They don't own the house. Right. They're, they're just there causing trouble. So actually, most people are not aware of this, but the word possession uh, in terms of ownership is never, ever used in the Bible uh, to describe the influence of an evil spirit. It's right. never used. Uh, because they don't own anything. Actually, Jesus said it this way. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not an owner. He, he, he's uh, a harasser, a thief, you know. So I don't even use the term possession. But the the degree of influence that an evil spirit can have on somebody ranges from almost imperceptible to um, to what most people would call possession, where right. the, they're just slavishly dominated and voices speak out of them. And mm-hmm. right. Weird. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where the word weird comes from. Our our English word weird comes from a certain kind of spirit, a weird spirit. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Like a werewolf. Werewolf. Right. Yeah. That's weird, what I was thinking about. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So do you have any idea, Dave, why uh, Ray Ray... Uh, why Deborah decided that she didn't want to go through with the, uh, with the, what was it called? The seventh. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ray Ray, remember, um, Alistair Crowley and, and Anton LaVey was a Crowleyite Satanist. So he, he studied Anton's sex rituals. Right. And so, uh, most of the rituals, uh, uh, a huge proportion of the rituals are sex rituals. Right, right. So because of that, they have a lot of uh, children that are uh, born out of wedlock. And so Anton, for instance, he had what was called the royal family, uh, Xerxes LeVay. Uh, earlier he had Anthony LeVay, but he, he, he um, disowned him. But he had Xerxes LeVay, Zena LeVay, Carla LeVay. They were the royal family. But he had many, many, many uh, sons and daughters that were born out of satanic rituals. And I, I don't know how far you guys have been into this, but it, it's it's very grisly. Uh, and they do lots and lots of child sacrifices. And, um, and so uh, and none of those kids have birth certificates. They're, they're just. Uh, the result of sex rituals in in Satanism, and usually they're put back into the rituals as as blood sacrifices. But uh, but Ray Ray uh, was born between Anton Levey and and a Lenny Indian witch. Uh, Illinois is named after an Indian tribe that that are the proverbial top of the totem pole. 
and uh, their their patron uh, deity is is the Piazza bird or the fire bird, and so they have a lot of power. So uh, in the occult world, they do what they call power convergences, and right. it's like you know we're Crowleyite Satanists, and we Anton's power demon was uh, a snake spirit called Leviathan. They had the Piazza bird. They try to bring those evil powers together to create even greater power. Mm-hmm. And so Anton did a sex ritual with um, this Alini Indian witch, and and Ray Ray was conceived. And so, uh, so anyway, uh, Anton wanted her to to uh, be the mother of the moon child or to go through the rituals and, and maybe be, be the mother of the Antichrist. And the witch wanted her to be a blood sacrifice. So Anton kidnapped her. That's the story of, of Ray Ray. She was raised in uh, Satanism. She never had a chance, right? right. But, but she was, you know, she was born a little innocent girl, right? right. She just right. never had a chance. And so year after year uh, of the satanic ritual abuse and, and all the stuff that you hear about, it's, it's, really, it's really terrible. Uh, there's some great books about it. Hell Minus One is one of those great books that exposes satanic ritual abuse. But anyway, it, uh, she just never wanted to do that. And so as it got closer and closer, she, uh, she got more and more desperate. Right. And begin to look for a, a, a way out, you know. So she just she just wasn't feeling it. She decided this was yeah. I mean, who shows. wants I that? I mean, it's it's horrendous stuff. Right. right. And, and oh, sorry. No, we mentioned SRA a couple of times as uh, satanic ritual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think I uh, there's probably a few people that are aware of that uh, that listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that usually involves like s- sexual molestation, rape. Oh, it, um, it's yeah. It is the worst of the worst. Satanic ritual abuse is designed to completely destroy the human will. Right. And it's also based on a perversion of good. So in satanic ritual abuse, they uh, they cause you to, to hate light, love darkness, hate father figures. Uh, satanic ritual abuse is usually perpetrated uh for instance, uh, the, the Presidio daycare right. abuse. Uh, in in that satanic ritual abuse, uh, the children were molested, uh, uh, really hurt terribly, uh, and the guy was always dressed up as a priest. Right. Well, you know, a priest should protect, right? right. A father should protect. Right. Uh, so so all, all of those kind of things, it, it twists the human soul, the things that should be good and should anything that should be um, thought of as, as safe, they pervert it and they sabotage it. Right. And so... Uh, what happens is the mind is broken down to the point that that nothing works right, and um, the, the, a lot of people uh, don't like to th- think about this. But the simple truth is that through Operation Paperclip, uh, a lot of what Adolf Hitler had done uh, to the Nazis, he he used uh, 
he used in the Third Reich. He, he used the Jews to experiment on. They right. did all kinds of things. Uh, a lot of that came over into the Department of Defense, right? And they began to experiment with it. And um, uh, MK Ultra and all that kind of stuff came out of that. That that's all based on what they discovered. Uh, to be the the underpinnings of what you could do through extreme trauma, right? And so, satanic ritual abuse is actually very scientific, right? It, it's extremely evil, but it is scientific, and they've pretty well got it down. Right? So, so lately, and, lately we've been hearing about you know, um, in in our culture and in our political class and the elites, like you know, people have really been busted in the UK for pedophilia. You keep hearing this go on and on, uh, even in the States now. I mean, it's just one case after another and a bunch of lower level people being busted as well. Is that is that part of this satanic thing or is there different levels of that as well? Some of it will be part of this satanic ritual abuse and some of it is just uh, at yeah. a lower level or? Exactly. Well, some of it is just good old fashioned perversion. People are perverts. But the the. Uh, SRA, satanic ritual abuse, uh, that's all the scientific stuff. That's not just a pervert that's molesting kids and and is in a, uh, a, a ring, a pedophilia ring. Uh, satanic ritual abuse is uh, they have a scope and sequence. They have uh, different things that they they specifically have to do in order to accomplish their end rather than just uh, arbitrary perversions, you know. So there's both kinds. But uh, the uh, satanic, the extent of satanic ritual abuse in America and in the world is uh, far beyond what people imagine. Uh, uh, there's a great book, if, if you want to uh, sort it out, uh, in New York, there's a friend of mine named Russ Dizdar, and he wrote a book called The Black Awakening, and he spends almost all his time helping people escape from satanic ritual abuse. And um, it's very significant. And, and it's widespread. And uh, it feeds on the naivety of the American people who always say, oh, I'm sure if that were happening, the police would know. Yeah, exactly, or if that were yeah. happening, the government would know. I feel like it's cracking open and that, uh, that you're right. It is way bigger than people people think. Yeah, yeah. And just for the, just to kind of some background to this stuff, because we've, we've all heard about the, anybody who listens to podcasts has heard the, and especially the, it's mostly millennials, which unfortunately, yes, I'm technically a millennial. Um, <laughs> not unfortunate. Gareth the millennial. I missed the zennial by one year. You don't look like, yeah, I was going to say you don't look like a millennial. <laughs> I missed it by, yeah, because I've got a haircut and a job. Um, yeah. But, oh. but, uh, <laughs> now, this isn't just uh, – so we've all heard about the satanic panic and stuff of the 80s, right, in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Um, this isn't – when you're telling these stories uh, or talking about SRA, you you didn't read a book or you weren't told by a neighbor. You've actually been hands-on dealing with the repercussions and Absolutely. seeing the, the different things. And yeah. You've had witches show up here. Oh, yeah, lots of witches, yeah. Um, and so, is it okay if I ask another one? Bad, bad witches or good witches? Or are they all witches bad? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> to answer that, the, the international head of Wicca while he was alive was Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey simply saw white witchcraft as the recruiting ground for uh, wow. for Satanism. So the, the thing is, you know, they're employing uh, evil spirits uh, in, in their incantations. So now uh, let me say this. There are a lot of people that are just looking for spiritual reality yeah, that yeah, gravitate yeah. into Wicca. Yeah. But, but where that will lead you, actually the graduation rite of Wicca is they, they turn the star over from the five-pointed star of Wicca to the pentagram of Satanism. And, and the, you know, the yin-yang, the whole deal, in all good there's evil, in all evil there's good, and one cannot be complete without the other. I'm sure you're aware of that, that yeah. the, the international doctrine of dualism. But in, in, uh, in the graduation from Wicca into Satanism, uh, they, they'll tell a witch, you've explored the, the white side of witchcraft, you've gone as far as you can go. Uh, without the compliment, and so you need to now delve into black magic uh, because the the one is not complete without. Yeah, the they, that's how they suck you into like you know. It's yeah. the, the the darkness is really just the absence of light and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's so, why all the Jedi's end up going to the dark, dark side. side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nailed hey, it. There you go. There so, you go. They got you they got coming their star and turned over. And then all the Star <laughs> Trek people turn into <laughs> socialists. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to take you off track there, but yeah, Garrett, that was a really good point you made that he's experienced this himself. It's not just you know reading it and, and learn you know learning about it online. It's been real real experience. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, there's a big difference. Like we, you know, being in the little community we have and stuff, um, we have friends that practice magic. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. have some friends that practice magic and stuff. And yeah, they, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. 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 And you know what? They're, they're super, super, super nice guys. What's the difference? Um, I don't know what everybody does at home and I don't care. I know a lot of people that practice this kind of stuff that are searching, deeply searching for sure. spirituality yeah. that are great, great people. Yeah. You know, Aaron from Charm the Water, some of the stuff that he you know, touches on is pretty, pretty shady. Uh, it, um, not shady. That's the wrong word. It's pretty sketchy, risky. Yeah. It's like right on the <laughs> risky. I would say definitely risky. Risky, yeah, um, good But word. he's just, you know, and he was a Pentecostal Christian turned, turned yeah. pagan. Yeah. He's just a super, super nice guy. You can feel from that guy that he has no bad intentions. Yeah. He's yeah. just hungry for yeah. real spirituality and he didn't get it any other way. Yeah. Um, but that, like the, you know, that we're, we're actually in the church building right now. And on a pretty regular, didn't it just a couple weeks ago, didn't a witch or somebody show up and actually mm-hmm. disturb the services and yeah. stuff? Yeah. And see, that kind of stuff is just, why why bother to come in and disrupt a church service if you're just, yeah. you know, yeah. playing yeah. with the Ouija board or something? Yeah. There's another side of it that, that yeah. we don't see. Exactly, in our yeah. yeah. There's yeah. definitely a real-life battle um, going on that's, that's very, very real. Yeah. And when you, in our little area, we actually, because... We're oh, down the road from Glad Tidings. We've got quite a concentration of uh, of that stuff that most of us growing up here have seen firsthand. It's like, whoa, you know, there's definitely a, a good side or, or one side against the other, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, spiritual warfare. It is spiritual warfare. <laughs> and, and a lot of the Christians, especially like this group, we're not out looking for that. That's not something we're going to if it, we run into it, you deal with it. But we're not wanting to fight all the time. You know, we just like it'd be nice to just live in peace yeah. <laughs> completely. But um, 
Sorry, I think I got off track there too. No, no, that's good. Uh, no, that's exactly kind of what I was getting at is there's spiritual people seeking this, a deeper spiritual thing and yeah. religious and they've, you know, they, they don't want to go re- to the religious side because of the institutionalization of religion and all that. And there yeah. has been, there has been some trauma there for people. You know, you hear them talking oh, about being recovering, recovering Catholics all the time. So people are looking, <laughs> people are looking for something, something deeper yeah. spiritual. And and I think that's, yeah. that's the risk. Yeah. I agree with you completely. I think that uh, formal religion is one of the great causes of the problem because um, religion, you know, the the idea is it's supposed to be a spiritual experience. But when there's no spiritual uh, realism in it and it's just, uh, it's just formal practices and whatnot and and uh, there's no spiritual experience then people look elsewhere yeah. and honestly I I really connect well with those people I, I have problems connecting with uh, with religious people honestly yeah, yeah. religious people killed Jesus Christ and and they've been killing true Christians ever since <laughs> but um, the the tragedy is that the the uh, authentic Christians aren't representing Christ in a way that uh, that spiritual seekers are attracted. Right. That's exactly. the real tragedy. exactly. Yeah. And so anyway, we're trying to turn that around. And but I, I agree with people all the time. They say I hate religion. I say so do I. Uh, it, it's an ugly thing. But true spirituality. It's really simple. The first, the deeper you get into it, and the, we could talk about the alien agenda too. I don't know where you guys are at on all that, but the point is, that there's 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 really there's really uh, there's only two factions. There's the good guys and the bad guys. There are a lot of people caught up in it that that aren't really aware much of either side. But the underpinnings is there's a great warfare between. Uh, powers of light and darkness, powers of good and evil, and and there's you know 7.3 billion people that are somewhere in the mix, but yeah. a lot of them have no idea what's going on. Well, before we begin into that, I, I think I'd like to just continue down the path of what you were talking about. I think Garrett, you were going to get him to talk about the what actually happened with Anton. Yeah, and so let's that's, like, hit that before we get into other stuff. Right. So, um, so with. How long was it after Deborah showed up that you realized uh, that she was Anton's? <laughs> well, let's see. I I would say it was probably about uh, three weeks before she realized that the, before we realized that Anton Levey was her father. Right. But it was the night she moved in that we figured out uh, she had a lot bigger problems than just being a homeless woman. Right. And uh, the and, and I at the time I, I didn't really uh, even know about the witching hour, right? And so we moved her in, and we again we're pastors. We try to help uh, broken people, you know. Yeah. So I had asked her if she had any problems. She says, "Well, I sing karaoke at bars," and, and I, I thought, you know, you, you got to have bigger problems than that, girl. But anyway. 
she had said that she got in a truck wreck and she, her her face was bolted together, jaw was bolted together and whatnot. But anyway, the first night that she spent at our house, and we, we had three uh, young sons at the time. Uh, they were, I think, uh, 10, 12, and 13 when we moved her in. And uh, that first night, uh, right after midnight, we just heard a god awful blood curdling scream, and she we we lived in a big two story Victorian, and she just come uh, pot over tea kettle down the stairs, thump thump thump, and and uh, you know <laughs> it was wild, and so we were trying to figure out what was going on, and something was choking her to death. Right. And we turned on the lights and, you know, what the hell, right? Right. And she's screaming and batting at this thing. And, and uh, man, I tell you, it was it was a nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And so we, I didn't know what to do. I just knew there were some Bible verses, you know, about the name of Jesus. And I, I was just saying everything I could think of out of the Bible, you know, right. in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And I didn't know whether to get my gun or what. It was intense, <laughs> man. But anyway, uh, so then the, what was going on stopped and she was being choked to death by something. Right. Right. But we couldn't see it. And she cut because she had the third eye thing going on. Right. Know? Right. So anyway, when it was over, I said, what just happened? And she, she looked at me like it's just another day, you know, at the mall. She says, oh, it was, it was Knack. And I said, what was Knack? She said, that thing trying to kill me, that was Knack. And I'm looking at, you know, I thought she was just a homeless person. <laughs> I said, time out for a minute. What are you even talking about? <laughs> Who's Knack? She said, well, it's a, it's a murder spirit. And I said, how do you know? You know its name? She said, yeah. And I said, well, we need to talk. Right. How would how would you know the name of a murder spirit? <laughs> she said, well, you know, I was involved in some witchcraft. And so anyway, that was our education. Well, then uh, I was... Uh, I was asked to come do uh, some special meetings in Oregon for some uh, churches that were getting together. And she was living in her house, and that was happening every night. Right, right. You're like, hey. <laughs> so who do you have watch your guest while you're right. gone for a week, right? Yes. So uh, Jez wasn't, wasn't there at this point. Right. So anyway, uh, so I just called these people. I said, we're bringing a guest. Oh, we don't have room for guests. I said, that's the deal. If you want me to speak, I'm bringing a guest. In fact, I'm bringing three guests because I took two guys to hold her down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on the way, we still didn't know that Anton was her father. And on the way, we went through the Wanucci, um it, It's the um, the tribe. Uh, it's the reservation. You know, oh, no, the Winnemucca, the right. Winnemucca re Reservation. And uh, when at that point we had already figured out, OK, she has demons and we had been casting them out and we'd been having some success with, with some of them. You know, we felt good about it, you know, right. but we we still didn't know because she she hadn't been honest with us. 
So when we were driving, we had to stop along the highway and cast demons out of her. Right. And so we were way late. And I was the keynote speaker at this conference. So, so we're going about 80 miles an hour down the highway, 85, trying to make up time. And as soon as we passed the sign that said the Winnemucca uh, Indian Nation, a spirit took her over and tried to throw her out of the car. That The car door came open. I, she's, you know, have you seen her? Do you know who she is? I had seen pictures, yeah. Okay, so she's a, she's a kind of a little gal, thank God. Anyway, I grabbed her hand, and she's hanging out, and I'm trying to keep her off the pavement. And we pulled over, and it was on. And this spirit... Uh, was talking through her, and I said, "Hey, wh- where did you come from? Who are you?" He says, "I'm th- I'm the the power spirit of this Indian nation." And I said, "Okay, so why are you trying to kill her?" He said, "Well, she's defiled by the blood of a virgin sacrifice, and I have the authority to kill her because of it." And you know, <laughs> again, I, you know, right. I'm just. <laughs> Wading my way in, right? I, I wasn't a guy that grew up watching horror stories, and and I said, "What?" And said, "She's. I've been watching you come down the highway. She's marked with the blood of a virgin sacrifice. I can kill her if I want." And I said, "Well, okay. I'm a I'm a Christian, and I I think I have power over you because of Jesus Christ. And and if you want to fight over it, I guess we can find out, but." But I wish you would just let me talk to her for a minute because I don't know nothing about blood of virgin sacrifice. And it we call it going down, but the, the person, the, the spirit that was animating or talking through her, different voice and her, their eyes looked different. Yeah. Suddenly was gone. Wow. And, and I said, what's the deal? I said, I said, are, are you, we were still calling her Ramona at the time. I said, Ramona. Hey, are you there? Yeah, what happened? I said, well, you tell me what happened. You just nearly got tossed out of our van on the highway doing 85. And they said it's because of the blood of a virgin sacrifice. And and she just started crying. And I said, what is going on? I need to know what's going on. And she said, well, I was in a ritual where we, we murdered my baby sister. And I, I'm just... You know, and I got I got mad because I I said I moved you into our guest room, and if you don't quit lying to me, I'm gonna move you out. Yeah. This is not okay. And I said I want to know what's going on. You you've done witchcraft. You've conjured up murder spirits. Now you you killed your baby sister. Right. And she started crying, and she said, "Well, you don't know my dad." And I said, "No, but uh, I'm open. What's who's your dad?" She said, Anton Bay. Well, now that shocked me. Right. I said, you, the guy so that you knew carries who the was big snake away, around. Yeah. He's hard to miss. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was. <laughs> so anyway, she said, yeah, he's my birth father. And I I was in the church of Satan. And, and I, I was angry at the time. Right. And, and I said, how dare you lie to me and risk, you know, you had, my my boys were at risk. Right. My wife was at risk. Yeah. And she's crying. And I, I, she said, would you have helped me if you knew who I was? And it got me. And I, I just looked at her and I said, 
point well taken. I, I do not know if I would have helped you. Right. I, I hope I would have. I hope I'm I hope I'm that noble, but I'm not sure. I might have right. just said we, we just don't serve your kind at this bar. Right. So anyway, she's crying and now and my wife my wife's you guys know my wife. Yeah. Cheryl's <laughs> extremely compassionate. She said, Dave, God brought her to our church. Jack, the prophet guy, warned you would be face to face with this is the will of God. Right. We need to help this woman. So anyway, that's that's how we learned who her dad was. And uh, anyway, we we were involved in intense spiritual warfare exorcisms every night. Right. Uh, we, we got a group of about 10 people and we, we taught them what we knew, people that we really trusted. Right. People that wouldn't talk about it because it's just too, frankly, it's too bizarre. And we were pastoring a church of hundreds of people at the time, you know, so. Right. You know, you guys are real big. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just swore everybody to secrecy. And I said, hey, this is the deal. Uh, Jack Sisler told us this would happen. It's happening. We don't understand it. But uh, but. As Christians, it's in the Bible, so we need to understand it. So uh, let's just put on our big boy pants and figure this out. Right. So we just, you know, would. We just would keep somebody with her and pray around the clock, and uh, we we didn't get much sleep there for. It was uh, ten and a half months going up to uh, Halloween Eve when she was supposed to yeah. do the seventh ritual, and that's what that book's about. That that uh, that's the night Anton Levey died. Right. That the night yeah. of the, the night that was supposed to be the seventh ritual was the night that he mm-hmm. died. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool finish too. <laughs> yeah. So when was when was your first interaction with Anton? Uh it was right after we found out who he was. He never interacted with us when on, we on this physical story. plane. Well, he did. He came to our house and and uh did rituals around our house and uh, I talked to him on the phone, and they'd leave messages. We, we still have uh, the attorney general's office in the state of California has messages that they left that they were going to, you know, uh, do terrible things to my wife and kids. And, um, you know, it, it's just really filthy stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Burn down our church and crucify me upside down and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, of course— in America, it's illegal to threaten people like that. So we had the eternal attorney general's office come and record those things and put them on record. And but anyway, uh, yeah. After after we knew who he was, then he started interacting and saying, "I want my daughter back." And right. Uh, so anyway, uh, of course, he was a seer. I'm I'm not. I've seen a few things, but. Based on how much stuff I'm involved in, I've seen very little. Right, right. I'm involved in stuff all the time that uh, that would be very animated, you know, all, stuff all around, but I don't see it. I, I just uh, I hear them talking out of people and uh, notice when they try to kill me, stab right. me to death, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, now, there's a couple stories that Cheryl, you and Cheryl told. Um, so how, let's start with the 
driving down the road with just her and Cheryl, and all of a sudden Deborah starts to disappear. Well, yeah. Um, okay, so that's the story. That's the one. Oh, that's just the first one. And yeah, well, uh, I, I've seen. Here's the problem with the with the average American. The average American believes that physics controls everything. Mm-hmm. Well, just by virtue of the fact that it's called physics, no one ever claimed that it controlled anything except the physical realm. Right. Right. Physics. But the supernatural realm is just that. It goes beyond physics. Right. And so uh that was a learning curve for me because I just thought that's impossible. Well, you know, if I could step into the world of the, the interdimensionals for a moment, they would just laugh and say, that's impossible for you, pal, right. not impossible for us. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Cause they, they can, you know, they, they have all kind of capabilities that we don't have. And, and you see it, you know, I'm always, uh, talking to uh, Christians who say they believe the Bible and and they struggle with this kind of stuff. Right. And, and I'm always telling them something like, you're giving me a hard time and you believe that Jesus walked on the water. Right. And Jesus, uh, you know, turned water into wine um, and and he walked through a wall, right? right? After his resurrection, the doors were locked, and, and he he just appeared amongst them, right? right. They're, they're, and then he ate a meal with them, right? right? Like ghosts don't eat meals. It'd fall out onto the ground, right? <laughs> <You would think. laughs> so anyway, there's all these really supernatural stories. Right. And, and I tell people all the time, like, either you need to quit telling people you believe in the Bible— or you need to crank it up a notch because right. the Bible is filled with supernatural stories. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the problem is, you know, in the West, we, we become so rationalistic that we really don't believe much in the supernatural element, which is pervasive in, in all the cultures of the world. Right. There's never been a less spiritual, less supernatural culture than than uh, Western America, especially Western Christianity. It yeah. seems like we were neutered at the they, beginning. Oh my goodness, it's sad, man. It is. But I go, I go places where the supernatural is so in your face. I was telling you about Vanuatu. If you right, want to, right. uh, if you want an exciting time, go over there because uh, it's all black magic, right? But but it's supernatural, right? So for them, shape shifting, you know. Uh, here you you got to talk to people like where do you think we get the term weird? It's from a weird spirit, a werewolf. They actually can transmogrify the human body. Then where do they go? Well, that's physically impossible. Right. This ain't about physics. It's about something that goes beyond physics. Right. right. So you need to get out of that box. Well, in, in those in the nations of the world, uh, the further they get from the West and from rationalism, the more open they are about right. that. Right. And, uh, oh, I could tell you stories from all the nations that just go, it's, it's, you know, they just live with it. Right. Right? People change shapes. All kind of weird things happen. 
<laughs> well, if I'd been in the car with Deborah when that happened, I think I would have. Uh, you know, well, I don't know I, how I would have reacted exactly. Probably not as well as Cheryl did. Well, Cheryl said, "What's happening to you?" Because she was going th- going through the the firewall, just going right. Down through the car. She, but it started because she started screaming. They're taking me to they're, hell, right? Well, first they, she started saying they're coming for me, and Cheryl's saying, "I got you. You know, you're good. We got right. Jesus." No, they're coming for. And it was again in a. It was in an Indian reservation uh, because of her connection with the Alini Indians, and, uh, and and so they had rights against her based on her Indian magic. But anyway. Um, so so th- then she starts screaming they're they're trying to take me to hell and she just started disappearing right she actually started to physically disappear through the floor yeah. of a car yeah like her, Cheryl, her physical legs were through the car and into the ground essentially well well who knows where they were we just knew where they weren't right you know <laughs> so from from, <laughs> from from the knees down she had disappeared through the bottom of the car she was screaming and saying you can't do that to me. I'm still in physical form. You know, she's dialoguing with these spirits. And meanwhile, uh, Cheryl's watching her uh, go through the bottom of the van. Right, disappear through the floor. And so she pulled over, started, you know, praying. And what we do, we do in the name of Jesus, right? right? Uh, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons and... Uh, they can walk among the snakes and the scorpions, which are the two categories of demon spirits that afflict man. I don't know if I mentioned that, but snake spirits have to do with the soul and scorpion spirits have to do with the physical body. But anyway, so she just started praying and um, uh, rebuking the spirits and, and Deborah came right back up through onto the chair. And said, "Oh, thank you, sissy. Thank you. I thought they were going to take me down, but we we saw things. Uh, well, obviously, it stretched my mind to irrecoverable proportions. We, right. I went from just a guy that grew up on a ranch and and believe I had a historical faith in the Bible. I thought all those things probably did happen, you know, long ago." But in terms of believing in the supernatural, I had never seen anything supernatural, right? And I was, um, I told Cheryl before I wrote The Serpent Savior, I said, if I if I write a book, I'm going to call it Confessions of Recovering Skeptic. Right. <laughs> because I, I was just forever just saying, what the hell? What is going on? Or, you know, uh, and if there was ever a good reason to say what the hell it was then, because I know this is demonic. It's it's the devil somehow. It's bizarre. Right. And um we saw that for 10 and a half months uh, up until Anton's death. And then, of course, you know, Deborah, we, we prayed for her a lot after that. Right. And we're still in touch with her. And, um, but anyway, yeah, forever changed our lives. That's for sure. Now, did you ever see any, oops, sorry. Did you ever see any like full blown like levitation? Like, like yeah. she was asleep? We saw Deborah levitate. We also saw that we, we saw, uh, we could see Deborah screaming and being pulled through the room, but we couldn't see what was pulling her. But uh, by the feet, her, her legs up in the right. air, right? Uh, her trying to grab something, and uh, 
Of course, she could see those beings. Right. But we couldn't. Right. And uh, as we actually, as we prayed for her and cast evil spirits out of her uh, and and brought healing to her, uh, eventually her third eye closed and, and she couldn't see those spirits anymore, which was great for her because th- they would, you know, they would terrify her. They'd just appear to her at night and terrify her. Right, right. Another one of those stories that this one's kind of one of the more, this one reached out and touched me somehow because I was like, whoa, I didn't know this was possible. But when she was driving down Bridge Street, I believe it was, and Deborah's in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden people start turning, randomly turning towards her, pushing strollers. All of a sudden they stop what they're doing and turn and point their fingers at her all the way down the street. Uh, We we saw that all the time. And see, those are the. That could have been me, or or maybe not me, but it couldn't have been. It couldn't have been you, but anybody that had significant demonic influence, they didn't even know they were doing it. They'd be they'd be pumping gas and they'd just go like this, right? Which is you know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the horn hand. That's the way they push curses. Right, right. But anyway, um, oh, so rocking out is dangerous. No, different. Is that the same as? Well, well, you know, uh, probably for some of the folks there, it is the same, and for most of them, they they it's sort of like the peace sign, which is an an ancient symbol of Hakate, uh, which is a fallen angel. Most people don't know that. Uh, the yin yang, most you know, people think it's a, a surfing logo, right? Uh, so anyway, most of the people are just caught up in things and, and they, they're not aware of the significance of what's going on around them. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, they're probably at, at most rock concerts are people who are, are pushing curses and came there for that reason. Right. Right. It's like there's people at the church here that do it too. Yeah. <laughs> and all yeah. the place in the, yeah. in the rock when yeah. they decide yeah. to show up. Yeah. Well, what do you, what would you say was the craziest, uh, the craziest thing you saw during that whole time with oh my goodness the craziest thing um well <laughs> to me th- there's a whole th- it's the genre of the supernatural you know to me I-, I think if someone's levitating if someone's being pulled through what we would call material objects right? Uh, or if someone's being pulled across the carpet by an unseen thing. It's all kind of in the same category. Right. It's supernatural. It, it, it boggles the mind and um, for me you know it, it really created faith in the bigger world that most people don't even don't even acknowledge. Right, right. And that's where, you know, I got into the alien thing through this, right? Right. And and then um, people started saying, you know, something happened to me, but you probably wouldn't believe it. I just said, try me, baby. I believe almost anything <laughs> at this point, right? You think you're crazy. Let's compare stories. <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, that's why... That's how I came up with this worldview is there's there's uh, supernatural good and there's supernatural evil. They're warring against each other. And humanity is caught in the middle of that. Right. And there are people who who know and are perpetrating the, the kingdom of light, the goodness. Right. And there are people who know and are perpetrating the kingdom of darkness, the evil. And then there's 
there's a bunch of people in between, and they're just trying to, you know, Seekers. figure out life. And I think that's what most of our, or most know, of these guys, most they're trying of us to the pay, pay yeah. the bills, and right. and they hear about alien abductions, and they, they just think, eh, I think the guy's falling over the cuckoo's nest because that's never happened to them. Right. Once it happens to you, right. then it's you know, then it's just part of your accepted facts. Right. right? Right. But until it's happened to you, you, you just think, I don't understand that. It seems to defy physics. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. And so I'm just going to put that in, in the cuckoo column. Right. And I, right now, well, you guys know this, but uh, most churches in America would think I'd just oh, yeah. totally uh, gone, gone nutso. Yeah. My own brother pastors in in Boise. He's scared spitless of me. <laughs> well, most of the yeah, most of the churches around here. It's funny. You, I always I get a kick out of it now because where you go to church, and I'm like, all right, let's see what they do. Yeah, <laughs> see how they react. Yeah, to this. and then we, I went to Bethel. You know, yeah. went to Bethel before. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we had a bunch of people leave uh, Glad Tidings and, and go to the bride, right? Right. And they it was too intense. And, you know, I mean, because uh, we have Druid priests and stuff come in and try to curse us right in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> right. And uh, so it, they just tapped out. But they're good people. Right. You know? So anyway, uh, Bob, I was in a restaurant the other day, and he came over and he said, hey, I got to talk to you. Uh, he said, you know, a lot of people left your church because of all the wild things happening. And I said, yeah. He says, and now wild things are starting to happen in my church. <laughs> I said, congratulations. I said, yeah, there you go. Uh, congratulations. But, you know, there, there are a lot of broken people, a lot of people messing with the occult, sorcery. Uh, and, you know, the, the Harry Potter movies, which were very entertaining and whatnot. But the problem with the Harry Potter movies is they cast witchcraft as a very, very desirable thing. Right. So so young people, uh, yeah, but there are a lot of people that are in their 30s and 40s that are, are like, let's do witchcraft. Because everybody is craving something supernatural because right. we're made in the image and likeness of God. We, we if we if we don't have supernatural reality, we feel empty. Right. That's why there's the all all, all the uh, you know Spider Man and Superman and Batman and all the Marvel comics and Wonder Woman. There's something in us that knows it ought to be more than just this, right? Right. right. And so uh, people are looking for it and reaching out for it, and and uh, if they don't find it in uh, in if they don't find God, I'm not talking religion. If they don't find an experience that is divine and supernaturally divine, then they'll cast around them and watch a Harry Potter movie and think, hey, you know, I'm going to try some rituals. And, right. And uh, I've cast demons out of people that came into them uh, in Harry Potter movies. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Oh, it's a hell nice. of a way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So let's go uh, So another, this has always been a big, you know, we've heard these stories for years. Walk us through that last, the last couple of days up to Anton. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, okay. So uh, he would threaten us all the time. Right. And, um, and I had told him, he, he used to call me preacher boy. And he right. said, you're nothing preacher boy. You, 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 uh, have your head up your ass. You don't know what's going on and just would mock me. I'm a world-class sorcerer and you're nothing. Right. And I'd always say, 
okay, then how come I still got your daughter after 10 and a half months? Why don't you just come get her? Right. If you're all that in a bag of chips, why don't you just come get her? Yeah. And sometimes he had astral project into her and speak through her and and try to kill me and stuff, you know, through her. He tried but to shoot you and stab you. Tried to you shoot and, me, yeah. tried to stab me, uh, kick, kick me in the crotch and, you know, uh. all kind of stuff, you know, but that's dirty anyway. for Anton LaVey. Yeah, and, and then of course Deborah was small and and we'd we'd just mug her and hold her down and right. he'd say if you know, if she had a bigger body I'd I'd let her whooping on you. But anyway, so we, we were going through all these things and he he was saying, uh, you're you're protected or I would kill you. Right. And, and I said, Really? Tell me about it. Who's protecting me? Because all them damn angels are all around you, yeah, which was good news to me. Because right. I knew he was <laughs> And I said, well, A, they're not damned angels. Right. But B, uh, you keep saying you're more powerful than I am, but you can't touch me. I mean, where, where's the math on that? Right. So anyway, we, we would have these conversations. And so he he would say, wait till... Uh, the night of the rituals and she will be at the ritual either as the bride of Satan or as the blood sacrifice but she will be there right and you know I just tell him no she won't she's done with that she's not going back and uh, God's more powerful than the devil and we're going to win so anyway we had this thing and and it it had got on and it was heating up and he sent guys to you know, just stalk me and, uh, uh, you know, that they'd, they'd wear satanic ritual shirts to show uh, somebody being sacrificed on an altar and just try to creep me out. And honestly, I don't creep out very easy. Right. right? And so anyway, that, that was going on. And uh, I was glad that uh, God kept my wife and my son safe because that, you know. Right. Uh, but anyway. So it was leading up to that time, and and uh, so when Halloween Eve came, we knew that we knew when the rituals were because right. Deborah told us right. they'll they'll um, they'll start the proceedings at midnight, which is you know Halloween actually Halloween Eve now midnight it becomes the thirty first right? right so it's right. early in the morning on Halloween. So they've already done all their stuff when when the trick or treaters come out, right? But it's already over. But anyway, she she we knew that would happen, and so we got our prayer team of uh, these ten people that had helped us, and we said they'll start their rituals at midnight, and they want Deborah at the rituals. So I want everybody to come over at nine, and who knows what's going to happen? You know, I. Um, I, uh, my dad was a gunsmith. I've carried guns most of my life, right. and uh, so I was all strapped up. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, well, maybe we're going to do go Old Testament here. You know? <laughs> right. But anyway, we were going to win. So uh, that's the so cowboy. The cowboy in you going Old Testament. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so anyway, I just told him. I said, "Hey, if you come over tonight." Uh, all bets are off on what's going to happen. And it's going to be intense. It could be demonically intense. It could be physically intense. They might come and try to pick her up and, and us, you know, 
right. I have to bust some chops or whatever. So anyway, um, but I had a good team, and they they had been with us through uh, through at least six months of this. Right. The first part we we kind of handled just a, a few of us, but anyway. So um, so nine o'clock. Uh, some of them were starting to come over, and Deborah Joy just comes out smiling, and she says, "I'm going to walk to Seven <laughs> Eleven." And I said, "You out of your mind?" I said, "It's Halloween Eve. You're not going to walk anywhere." She said, "Oh, Daddy, you worry too much." And and I was just like, "What? What is up with that?" Right. And I said, "You're not okay." She said, yeah, I'm okay. I said, no, you're not okay, Deborah. You're not thinking straight. She said, I'm thinking straight. You need to learn to trust God. That's what she said. I said, Deborah, I trust God. I don't trust Anton LaVey. So I said, you, why don't you go up to your room and, and pray? And when she went upstairs, I told Cheryl, I said, I do not know what's going on. Because usually, you know, if, if a spirit was controlling her, right. her personality would change and her eyes would change and everything. And so I told Cheryl, I said, I do not know what's up with Deborah, but she just said she was walking to 7-Eleven alone. That does not make sense tonight. Right. So uh, our house, you know, I said, you watch the back door. I'll watch the front door. There's something up. So I went up to I went out to the front door and sat on the steps and I was praying and trying to figure out what happened. And these three cop cars came screaming up with their lights on and. Uh, it's like, whoa, what? what's going on? I, I stood up to find out what's going on. Deborah Joy comes running out saying, help me. <laughs> She's cussing. She's saying, uh, uh, he's a kidnapper. He's been holding me as a sex slave. And it's just like, what is going on? And it was Anton who had astral projected into her. But didn't sound like he usually sounded. Right. He disguised his voice. He had disguised his voice to sound like her. Well, I I jumped up and was running after her and they drew down on me. Right. And because uh, you, you can, from their point of view, They're it's like you, you kidnapping, sexual molesting right. predator scumbag will just shoot you in your front yard. <laughs> right. And I just like, whoa, what are you guys doing? And they said, we, we're we here on a kidnapping call. And obviously, she's running from you. And so what do you do? You know, I just thought, let's see. Uh, if I try to say that's not really her, her father's spirit is talking through, they're going to take me straight to mental health. <laughs> right? I mean, what do you do? And so I just said, that that is not what's happening here. And they said, well, it sounds like that's what's happening. She called us from your upstairs wow. and she finally got her hands on a cell phone and that you'd been holding her there and molesting her and doing all kind of stuff. And I said, that is not true. They said, well, we'll, we'll find out. But for right now, um, if you try to contact her in any way, you're in big trouble. And then another guy came and, and they were talking about arresting me right on the spot. Right. And I'm thinking about Anton laughing, saying, "You you wait till, uh, right? Hit it all. You wait till Halloween. You'll see." Right. 
And I, I honestly, it was a major disappointment because I thought we've invested thousands of hours into her. And, right. and he's, and I told one of the police officers, one of them came to my church and I said, listen, uh, I don't have time to explain what's going on. You know that I haven't been molesting her. And he said, actually, pastor, I'm sorry, but we don't know. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm talking about an adult that just called on a kidnapping charge and you were in very serious trouble here. Right. So we got this ministry called Trauma Intervention Program, and uh, one of the pastors, every time there's a 911 call, he gets it. Right. And, but most people don't even know Lou's associated with the church, right? They just right, think right. he's Mr. Trauma Intervention. So I was sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? And they told me to sit down, and this this officer said, I think they're going to arrest you right now. And so um so I called Lou. Right. And and he happened coincidentally to be right in our neighborhood. Right. He said, Man, I'm two blocks from me. I said, Get your butt over here. I am in deep kimchi. <laughs> so he came over and pulled up and he, he's tip, right? He's got right. his shirt on. He says, Hey, got some trauma over here? Yeah, we got some trauma. This preacher's kidnapped this woman and and you know, the guy's one of my best friends, but they didn't know that, right? And he's on staff with me. He said, well, you mind if I talk to the preacher? They said, no, um, we're about to arrest him, so you have to make it pretty quick. So he came over and said, what in the heck's going on? I said, I said, Lou, Anton LaVey, astro-projected, took Deborah over, speaking through her, and, and used our phone to call the police on me and gave him a big report about me kidnapping her. And if if she leaves with them, we'll never see Deborah alive again. And he said, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, I don't know, but uh, I, I took Cheryl's cell phone, and I said, try to get in the back of the police car right. and slip this into her, her pocket. And so he said, okay. So he took the phone, and he said, you mind if I, I talk uh, – to the woman they said no so he gets in there and of course Anton didn't want nothing to do with him so he closes the door and she's like get out of here you know and and they're going back and forth but in the scuffle he shoved that phone into her pocket and he he got out and and he said I don't think I'd help that lady (laughs) anyway we were using the phone to I was going to track her right right and and so anyway, uh, they pulled off, and, and she pulled up, you know, Anton flipping me off with both hands laughing, you know. Right, saying, right. I told you so. So anyway, I thought all is lost after all this work. And um, so I, I strapped up. I got some extra uh, magazines and stuff, and I thought, I am not going to let them sacrifice her. And. Uh, if I die, I'm going to go out like John Wayne. I'm going to go out. And right. So uh, I, none of the other guys wanted to come with me. So I just said, well, I'm going up to the, the ranch. Grass uh, Valley. Grass Valley Ranch. That's where they, they the church Satan owned uh, 80 acres up there. And that's where they did their ritual. They still own it, by the way. But anyway, 
I headed up there and I told Cheryl, I said, go to Hell Motel. There's a, a place where we found Deborah and we knew Satanists lived there. And I said, probably they're staging somewhere and Anton's body is, is somewhere close. And then he astral projected out and, and took Deborah over. And right, she's on right. And I, I said, check Hell Motel. So I was just I headed out through Marysville by that old graveyard, right. headed out of town on and um, Lou called and said they just dropped Deborah Joy off and she went into Hell Motel, but she's walking like a zombie. Well, yeah, that's because she is. She is. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I turned around and came back. And on the way back, I was praying and I remembered about the silver cord. And I had called a guy that had some experience with the the other book excuse me the book that's called um um oh what's that i've forgotten the book's name but it's about satanic ritual abuse right yeah he came to set the captive free and there was a guy that i had heard comment on that and and i had called him uh earlier not that night i'd called him earlier and I, I said, when a warlock, the warlock is controlling somebody, astral projecting into him, uh, you you can't treat them the same as demons because they're human spirits, and humans don't have to submit to Christ. They we all have a choice, right? Right. So that he he would just cuss me out when I tried to rebuke him in Jesus' name or something. You know, he just say, "Screw you! I don't yeah. I don't have to submit to that." Right. Because I'm not a demon. Right. So anyway, I, I called this guy. It was very annoying. <laughs> I called this guy, and and I said, uh, what do you do? He said, I don't know what to do. He said, uh, I've thought about uh, the verse where Solomon talks about cutting the silver cord. He said, you know, they're, they're on the astral plane, which means they're connected to their physical body by the silver cord. Right. So he, he said, Solomon says, when you cut the silver cord, you're dead, and maybe you can cut the silver cord. Well, you know, Scissors. you're messing with killing somebody, right? So so I just thought, eh, whatever, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to kill anybody. That night? Cut that silver cord. I, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I called the, the person that was heading up the meeting at our house, and and I was just about to see Lou and, and Cheryl, and I said, I want us all to pray one prayer and ask God to cut Anton LeVay's silver cord. He's on the astral plane. He's controlling Deborah. If, uh, and tonight, somebody's going to die. It's either Anton LeVay or Deborah. And so that's, I want everybody to pray simultaneously and, and in a unified effort that, that God had cut his silver cord. And and I, I got out and I was standing in front of that hotel. Have you ever been over there? Is it Motor Lodge? Is that the one that was on the corner where CVS is now? No, no. Um, it's uh, it's right up against the levee. It's over by the Ace Hardware store over there oh, in Marysville. Oh, yeah. 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 So anyway, I was standing in the street there. I knew she was in there. I knew the whole coven was in there. Right. And Anton was in there. And I was all strapped up. If they came out, we were going to have an OK Corral shootout. Right. Uh and, but I but I, I just started shouting in Jesus' name. We cut Anton's silver cord. And I just got started praying. And all of a sudden, Deborah Joy runs, comes running out. Wow. 
of the door. It says, Daddy, help me. I jammed her in the car, and we sped off. Right. And while we were driving home, I said, what happened? She said, Anton bounced, which means you can't get back into your body. Right. And I said, D-, and you saw it? She said, of course I saw it. As soon as he left me, I came back conscious. Right. And and he was trying to get it into his body, and, and he couldn't because somebody cut his silver cord. Whoops. I Imagine thought, that. Holy. That's- and I said, how did you get out of the room? And she said, everybody gathered around him and was trying to do incantations to help him get back in his body. And I just ran out the door. And when I came down the stairs, you were standing there. Wow. Right. So so we we went back to our house and everybody's there. God got Anton Silver Court. And I walked in. And I said, it happened, dude. He's dead. Right. And they all just looked, you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're Christian people like. We killed the guy? Yeah. You know, should we have killed the guy? And I said, listen, it was him or her. Right. He had already told me he was going to uh, have her as a blood sacrifice. And uh, he had every chance to repent and to change his ways. But she is innocent, and he's abused her her entire life. Right. So I said, hey, you know, uh, it's collateral damage, but that's the deal. He's dead. So then— Deborah's there, right? And all of a sudden, and uh, uh, this is the only time I saw this happen. Uh, but it's in the movie The Right when when, right. when that uh, powerful spirit, um, uh, Ball, when it enters into that guy, his eyes turn red and look like uh, wow. lizard eyes, right? And bugged out. That happened to her. Yeah, Whoa. she's. We were all gathered around her, and all of a sudden, she just went full on manifest man and her eyes turned red and I just started praying and this spirit said I'm Leviathan you killed the high priest and I have come for her <clears throat> and I said you you can't ever said she's next of kin I said no she's not even in that family anymore you cannot ever and and uh, and that spirit uh Disappeared. It just came and manifest, and then was gone. And we're looking at each other like zounds. That was out there, man. Right. And then suddenly, another voice said, "You murder. You killed my father." And it's coming through Deborah. And I looked at her and I said, "Your father. So you're either Carla or Zena." And she said, "I'm Zena." And I said, "Well, here's the deal, Zena. Your dad." just lost his life doing what you're doing right now. And if I was you, I'd get back my body real quick. Right. And she just, she said, I'll go. Disappeared. <laughs> right. Wow. We all looked at each other like, I think we just got an atomic secret here. Right. You know, this cut in your cord. Because she was obviously scared. Right. And we looked at each other and, you know, we we thought, I think there's a dead guy over there in Hell Motel. And then, of course, the next morning it was in the news. Right. It was, so we do, there's there's appeal Democrat newspapers that show Anton LaVey died in Marysville. Yeah. And, and you know, if you go on Wikipedia, it says there, for some reason, unexplained reason, there, there's a contradiction where, where he died and exactly when. So we know when he in hospital, right? We know when he died because yeah. uh, it. it because we were out there standing in the road when it happened. Right. 
And, you know, still after that happened, Halloween Eve 1997, still uh, we run once in a while into a warlock somewhere that instantly will recognize us. It's it's happened to my boys. Right. Um, Joe was down in San Francisco, and he saw somebody holding a Necromonicon, which is a, a grimoire. Right, right. It's a powerful witchcraft grimoire. And, of course, the boys were around all this, and, and he saw it, and he saw the goat's head on it, and he said, hey, you could get yourself in real trouble reading that. And he said, no, I know what I'm doing. He said, I also know who you are. <laughs> Joe said, you don't know me. I'm not from around here. He says, yeah, no, you're from Yuba City. He said, tell your dad the fight with Anton isn't over yet. Bruh. Isn't that something? That happened like... Four years after he died, right? Wow. And we've heard, we've heard that a number of times since then, right? Well, you guys seem to be doing okay. Yeah, the challenge. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. the story. Happy Halloween! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any other questions or anything? No, I, no I think that that about yeah, yeah that it was, was great. Pretty, pretty good ending, really. To the yeah, <laughs> there's not really too much you can do to. Yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have liked to get in a little bit more about the uh, the overarching spiritual warfare, and you know how the difference between aliens and the spirits, uh, that type of thing. But I mean, I yeah. think I get the picture of what you're talking about that it is, it is, uh, you know, multi dimensional, and it doesn't just stop in our in our human physical form. It can be right. universal, I guess, all different planets and different types of aliens and all yeah. that as well. You know, yeah, it's a so big universe out there. Yeah. Maybe when I interview Dave uh, <clears throat> for my podcast, yeah, you can sit with me, Graham. That sounds good. Absolutely, that sounds great. Yeah, That'd be cool. you, you're always welcome too, Darren. Yeah, no, no, forget, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Big thanks to Garrett for setting this up, and big thanks to Pastor Dave for for taking the time out of his evening you here to it. come on the show. And I hope, I think everyone will enjoy it. This is a, yeah, it's a fascinating story. It's a great story. It's a spooky story. And I think uh, all the listeners will will have a blast. Yeah, and I really yeah. really appreciate your balance around it all, and you know, very non dogmatic. And I I kind of figured you'd you you know you kind of get that whole spiritual part, you know, as as opposed to the religious part. And it's just it's oh, great to great to I chat with great to chat with you yeah. about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So do you have jujitsu yeah. in like ten minutes, Garrett? What was that? Do you have jujitsu in the morning? No, uh, Friday. Oh, so you don't have to get up at like three in the morning? No, thank God. That was the, <laughs> that's usually the gym, and then I go to jujitsu at night. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. Good to meet you both. Yeah, you yeah, too. You yeah. too. You too. Yeah, Garrett, yeah. tell your wife Lisa's going to send her a, a, a letter soon. Cool. Yeah. She's actually on. She's actually online here with us. She says <laughs> it's coming. She's. She says hello. Hi, hi. Tell her I've been waiting for it for a couple of months now. Okay, okay. Yeah, wait and check She's in kidding. the mail. She takes after Darren. Yeah, still nothing. <laughs> She's on. She's on Grimes time. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Right okay, on. guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was awesome. All right. Okay, cool. We'll good, see you later. Okay. Guys. Okay. Bye, yeah, you guys. Yeah, you too. You too, Dave. Take care. Have a good night. Okay, bye. Uh, now is our chat with. Uh, Pastor Cowboy Dave. Pastor Cowboy Dave wow. and Garrett Lee. That was a great one, eh? Holy, that was amazing. Wow. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. 
Uh, I guess we'll keep this short and sweet. Big thanks to uh, Pastor Dave and Garrett for coming on the show. Staying late. It is uh, extremely late on the tail end of an eight-hour shift in the igloo. We didn't even get everything done. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, check out America.ca slash support. Uh, your support really does help keep us going. There's a bunch of monthly options there. Those really are the best if you can. Uh, if not, you can do a one-time donation as well. That helps too. And if not, there's uh, about 10 different ways you can help the show that don't cost you a dime. Just check out the show notes. I'm not going to go through them here now. Check out the show notes. Do all that stuff for us. That'd be great. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll thanks. Happy you. Halloween. Yeah. Happy Halloween, guys. We'll see you next week.